0: I'm strapped up. nothing
1: wounds done about
0: Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Strap Season Podcast, episode 68. I'm your boy, flows. I'm your boy, Cam. And... You know what time it is today. We've got a special guest in the building. (laughs) He shouted us. He said he had a few words to say. And it's only right we welcome
1: back our boy, Dan Roy Carter. Welcome, bro. Hey, man. What can I say? First time was sublime. We did it twice and it was nice. The third (laughs) time's a charm. (laughs) Exactly.
2: exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you back, Danny. You know you're always welcome here. Um, We'll get back. We'll get into, I guess, why... You specifically wanted to come on for this week's episode, but yeah, just before we kick off the episode, let me just do my usual plug: Strap Season podcast and Strap Season pod on the Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you give us a follow. There's a link on the bio, and on both platforms, and that takes us to all of our links. If it's audio you want, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that. And if it's if it's visuals you like, well, we've got the YouTube channel up running as well. YouTube visuals drop out on Thursday. So um yeah, make sure you guys check that out, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave leave us a review and keep rocking with us. But um yeah, 68. Um, let's let's dive into the fights, boys. Um, more fights this weekend. I think we briefly touched upon how uh, there's loads of fights that are coming in thick and fast before the end of the year. Um we like to start at home. Um, so yeah, we might as well kick off proceedings with the Katie Taylor card. Um, I caught two fights on this card, the main event and also the chief support of neither, which was Connor Ben versus Chris Algieri. Um, so yeah, let's let's start with chief support and the reason why Danny's here. <laughs> um, because here I am, obviously catching up this weekend's Boxing Action. I've seen that, obviously, Conor Ben has taking out chris Algeria in four rounds which is kind of what i expected so i'm there thinking okay cool i watched the fight standards connor ben win which is what i thought would happen so i thought you know we'll come here today me and Flo's will break it down and talk about you know the usual performance of connor ben and then i get a dm on the gram from danny <laughs> saying please let me come on the pod this week because I, I i have some things to say about connor ben yes so no, and, uh, and 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 I asked, you know I'm I'm never one to let someone hold back and you know this is a platform we like to say this is a platform people can come and get their gripes out right, Flores. You know if you have got something to say about boxing or boxers, come on to Strap Season and talk. So um yeah I could I couldn't deny Danny this opportunity. I said brother come on board man. Um so yeah Danny, Conor Ben's won. He's big Algerian, dominating fashion as we expected, but something tells me that you have a few things to say either about his performance or just about Conor Ben in general, that you've wanted to get off your chest for a while. So, bro, the floor is yours. What's what's the issue of Conor Ben? What's
1: eating you? What's it- eating you? <laughs> hey, first off, I'm going to start by saying that this one for me is a Jekyll and Hyde subject, because what I will say about Conor Ben's performance over the weekend is it's the first time to date that he's impressed me as a boxer. It's yeah. the first time I've sat back and thought, that was really nice to watch. That was, I, I enjoyed watching that man do his thing in the ring. Anybody that wants to try and peg Chris Algeri as a test at this stage is smoking fucking crack. <laughs> and I don't care how, yeah. what Eddie Hearn says on IFL TV, and I don't care what these people will say, this boy is not being tested. And as a result, I think it's possibly easier for him to look good and have the opportunity to look as good as he did over the weekend. So and, and here's the thing: this kid is clearly one of the hardest working boxers in the UK right now. He, you know, jokes aside about he's putting the work in the gym with Tony Sims. You know, we 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 see that. I get that. However, he is at a junction now where he needs to sit down with his team. He needs to get. I think his direction sucks. Otherwise, he's gonna probably end up going the way of Chris Eubank Jr. and just floating off into the abyss as another could have. And obviously, it's ironic that I use that comparison given the you know the mutual history between them and their fathers and whatever. But at this stage, I want to be Connor Ben's biggest fan, but I'm just struggling because I'm just not seeing matchmaking and a trajectory that tells me that he is the real deal. Uh, And again, I can't, I have nothing but respect for Chris as a broadcaster, as a a former, you know, a a boxer who was doing very good things for a long time, but come on, like this, we can't sit here and say that we were expecting this to be a test and this was going to be anything short of Conor Ben walking through Chris Algieri, really. I can't
0: disagree with anything you said, bro.
1: Everything you said is right, but
2: I, I want to say this though. I, who was calling it a test? <laughs> they were. What do they, they, they were calling it a test.
0: They said anyone setup. that was
2: competent in in as in who actually follows boxing was not calling it a test. Even ourselves, as we said last week, that Ben is going to destroy Algeria. Algeria is a not is not an opponent for him. Really, he's going he's going to do we him like a seventh of August. We thought Algeria retired. We were saying, I swear, my man's retired. He's he, he doesn't hit hard. Ben's going to destroy him. We we expected it. I, to me, this was expected. And <laughs> you know how we're saying, uh, I, I just even Conor Ben himself was saying that it's not a test, and he wants to be tested. He acknowledges the fact that these guys that he's been fighting have not been up to par in terms of testing him. So he, I like that he himself knows. Obviously, he's not the one that's matchmaking. He's got to fight what's put in front of him. And from about three since three fights ago, I remember Connor Ben has been saying to Eddie, get me a real live opponent. Who he's been calling out guys who are boy better than Algieri for a long time now. And we called out Porter. We ridic- we ridiculed him for it, but he was calling out Porter. He's been what he's been chasing Khan and Brooke as well. Both finished, but at least a better opponent, I suppose, than Chris Algieri and Samuel Vargas and Adrian Gernardos.
1: It, There's a solution. It, there is a solution, though, and I apologize for cutting you off there. But there is no, a solution. No, what's the solution? Throw him to Avanissian. Throw him to we, 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 throw we, him we said around. this last week. Him we him said it, we said
2: it last week. First, sure we say it, last week?
0: I'm sure they turned it down. They were offered it. They turned it down. I know Ben himself turned it down, but they said he needed a few more fights. I think Tony Sims and Eddie Hearn sat together and decided against it. And Eddie Hearn admitted that openly. I believe that. i oh, yeah. They don't think he's quite ready he's still ready, but they think a few fights will do it him uh,
1: but, but But was Cambosis ready a couple of weeks ago on Facebook? Did we think he was ready? Where, when did he, When are we ready? If you're I there and you've think, got your
2: peak, go. That, Danny, I personally think that Ben wants these tests. He wants these tests. It's more, the blame will lie more of it's match room. Um, it's, it's, it's in a, he's in a weird place where he's destroying all these journeymen or whatever, or these guys that he should be destroying. But I guess due to the limited background, amateur background that he's had, and the fact that he has been raw his entire career, Mm. Hearn is in no rush to rush this guy. And he feels like he needs to be taken more slowly. Um, As opposed to someone that that was, we saw Josh Kelly, um, who I guess has been heralded from jump, went to the Olympics, good amateur background, seen as a much more advanced boxer than him technically. And then obviously we saw what happened with Avanesian, but they were happy to, I don't know if they were happy, but the Avanesian fight got made between Kelly and Avanesian, right? It happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Matchroom, her specifically, are a lot more reluctant to do, to do that with Ben as they feel that he might not be there yet. But I personally feel like if Ben wants it, give it to him. If he wants it, give it to him. It's, yeah. it's better than fighting, these destroying these guys.
1: He's too talented to be ticking over at this point. He's just he's too he's clearly too talented to be ticking over. I would love to see him remotely challenged. I would We've seen improvements see
2: from from this guy from the jump. As in each fight, he's improving for the most part. Like when, when uh, you look at what he was
0: doing last year, especially. Bro. In a, in a, within a year's time, he's improved a lot.
2: Yeah. No, well, I absolutely. I fully agree. Um, yeah. Um yeah, so I, I'm not gonna put the blame square on him. I think it's more on the Horn than matching personally. But I yeah, will say he, though, yeah, go on. I will say
0: what they're trying to do is build his profile. is, is, is it is it wrong? Is it bad? Because they're trying to make him obviously not the zone is not a pay per view model. When they're trying to make him into the next big thing, and mm. when you look at compared to Josh Kelly, he put on a lot of subpar performances. We all we all agree on what we thought of Josh Kelly, so we won't go back on that. But then to jump from what he was fighting and what he was doing into an Avanesian was a car crash, an absolute yeah. car crash. And we called it way before that he's not beating Avanesian. Like if he fights the way he's been fighting, he's going to lose and he lost. Let Conor Ben grow a bit. Why not let him grow, let him build his performances? I'm not saying he jumps right into an Avanesian level because Avanesians are top 10 welterweight. I don't think Conor Ben's ready to take on any top 10 welterweight. You can't go from Algeria and Samuel Vargas and Adrian Granadis to a top 10 world week. Step
2: the, up. But, <laughs> step the tricky, up but, the, but the tricky thing is, Flo, is in his position and his division, what's the in-between? Um or, is, is Broner an in-between?
0: No. Jesse Vargas? Something,
1: <laughs> I'd like to see a Jesse Vargas. Okay. Um, it, isn't was? he running for mayor now, Jesse Vargas? I, I, feel, I think he's gone into politics. So yeah, I'm I, I don't know what back. Jesse
2: Vargas has been doing, you know.
1: I don't even
0: know what these guys are doing, but these are just names I'm saying. Um who's, Yeah.
2: He, I personally was, feel like Ben Beats, Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that because I, I, I was arguing with people today about it. Bruno brody doesn't throw punches. Broder's not in that
0: weight class either. Broder's not going to chill in that weight class. Well, either.
2: apparently, they've offered Broner more money and apparently he's considered... Obviously, we know if Broner... If they were to get Broner, they have to offer the Broner the bag as in they have to offer him a lot of money for yeah. him to consider it. And you know Broner, he will chase the... He chases the pound note mm. or dollar sign or whatever you want to call it. He loves it. So, if that fight was to be made there, that is a good name on the resume. Yeah. Broner isn't as active as he once was, but he still commands a, you know, a good fan base and whatnot. Um... And then I'm, I'm looking at that fight itself. You know my grouts for Broner. Well documented on this podcast. Um, Broner is annoying, enigma, whatever you want to call him. But the fact of the matter is Broner does not throw punches for the most part. Ben will. So, yeah. And Broner is not Floyd-level defense until so he doesn't get hit. He gets hit. He gets tagged constantly. Even though he will shake his head and say it doesn't hurt him, he gets tagged. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think that fight... It's not a fight which I'm like gagging for, but if it was to yeah. be made, I would like to see it. And I think personally, you know, I fancy I fancy Ben's chances in that one. But Bruno, at least is a better opponent than the likes of Adrian Granados, Samuel Vargas, not and Salgiri. Really. <laughs> not really. Not
0: anymore.
2: Well, to be fair, so he's struggling against Granados. <laughs> to <you> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he keeps fighting these semi-retired fighters. Algeri's semi-retired. He's yeah. doing punditry. Like we questioned it. We was like, like
2: nutritionists no. and punditry. That's where he that's where he is now.
0: Uh we, we yeah. saw Algeria did live commentary repeatedly. So we yeah. questioned whether my man's still interested in it. So yeah. A live I opponent I mean to be, be fair, nice.
1: he's still a he's still a better fucking boxer than he is a pundit. I'll give him that. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's uh now you know what man, and you're right to your point earlier, like it's matchmaking. And this is why like part of my thing is that I I actually feel like I'm softening up to Conor Ben generally. I I really am. I'm starting to see something I like, and that's why I just want to see his career progressed in a way that I feel like he's being properly challenged. And, Mm. and again, I just don't think the way they're building him now, I just have a horrible feeling that they age him out of the good competition or they, you know, yeah. They miss, they miss fire, and then, like I say, you end up like a Chris Eubank Jr., where, quite frankly, I, you know, who cares? I, I, I forgot about his fight with Liam Williams and didn't even realize that it had been rescheduled. That, That's how little I care about his career. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. may, and maybe that's just me. I'm not saying, you know, I don't speak for the British public or anything like that, but at least if he fights Adrian Broner, he gets a bit of international focus and attention, and he deserves that. I think he's got a compelling story and character, and I think that would be possibly a good opportunity. I don't want to see the fight, to be honest, but that that would be. I'd rather see that than him versus Amir Khan, to be honest. I I, I have very very little interest in most of those fights. I agree, but the Amir Amir Khan one just doesn't interest. You know, yeah. Amir Khan Kel Brook barely interests me yeah. now, and that's actually fucking happening finally. So. <laughs> And here's the thing: I don't, I don't want to be skeptical about home fighters, and I don't want to be uninspired. I, I want to want to get behind these guys, and I want to be, you know, talking to my national peers and saying, "Oh yeah," and how great is it, you know, that how they're building Conor Ben and this. But, but to try and spin it onto it like a positive, I liked what I saw. I thought his head movement was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw his dad in him this weekend. Yeah. And I really like that. That got me a little bit sort of, you know, sparky-eyed, I'd say. And, (laughs) yeah, you know, again, I am a little bit sick of, like, always shitting on UK guys. So (laughs) I'm really trying to take a positive spin here because this kid is clearly working very hard. He's had a lot of challenges this year, like a lot of fighters have. Family man, you know, I respect the hell out of that. I just want to see him have some good fights, boys. I just really want to see him have some good fights. I, I, I feel you. I feel you. But you know what happens? If he steps up, there's no going back.
0: Yeah. Who, when you look at what's what's ahead of him, the Boots, the virginal Teases, the Errol Spence, the Terrence Crawford, he's not ready for that. So, But I don't mind him buying his time. I just don't want him to try, sell it to us like, oh, this is a huge test. This is a huge step up. Because he, yeah. he's going to fight Robert Guerrero next or uh, Victor Ortiz. Oh, no.
2: I said Robert
0: Guerrero. I Oh, Jose Cito Lopez. They're going to pull it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: even, to be fair, even if you fought like a Keith Furman, I'll accept that. Because if he can beat, but it's just no wow! You're, put, you're
2: putting Furman in that bracket.
0: Thurman's yeah? Fur- Furman, meant to be fighting um, barrier sticks. Have you heard? Yeah. That?
2: Uh, <laughs> Get Keith. All these
0: old guys out of there,
2: Keith. I just don't. Um, know. If
0: if he steps up to fight in the and wins, there's no going back. You're fighting mm. the, the top guys now. You have to, mm. and if you're not ready, they're gonna eat him. Yeah.
2: So it's a weird one though, because as you as you mentioned with TF, uh, with Camposus, Dan. It, it can happen, though, as we see people who we thought aren't ready shock the world and they show that they are actually of, you know, of that calibre, of that ilk. Um, but I know for sure Matching was not going to take that risk with him. No way. <laughs> they're, they're never going to take that risk, especially after the Kennedy loss as well. <laughs> the Kennedy loss actually probably even hurt him even more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I just... It, I, I think it's just difficult in terms of finding... That in-between opponent, you mentioned Jesse Vargas, but I generally think that it's few and far between, man. That there isn't many. The world weight division is weird. You've got guys that are just really, really good. And then the gap between them and like someone that's up and coming or someone like Connor Ben is, is quite massive. So it's quite hard to find that middle ground, that sort of middle caliber, middling opponent. But um I'm glad that he's at least acknowledging that these, these guys aren't tests. It's kind of like going everything against what, what Match room say. Eddie might come out and say, oh, yeah, real test for him, experienced opponent. And he comes afterwards and says, no, give me a real test, Eddie. These guys aren't it. So I'm happy that he himself knows that these guys aren't the one for him. Um, But he can only do what he can do right now. And that's beat what they put in front of him, unfortunately. Um, Hopefully in 2022, he does get a real test. um, And we'll see what level he is. Um, But, yeah, I think this is all he can do at the moment, man destroy the algeris of the, of the world
1: <laughs> like, put gordon ramsay in there next fuck it like...
2: <laughs> um but yeah performance wise he was great He like i really liked his, i really liked his um defense um his defensive movement and whatnot in this fight it's something that we don't really associate with him but yeah he was he he, he looked on the money and mm. yeah he keeps on improving he's doing what he has to do and um I'm liking the improvement. I think he's a very likeable, likeable character, Connor Ben. I really do like him a lot.
1: Yeah, most improved British fighter of uh, 2021 for sure. And, mm. and I think we should probably okay. make an honourable mention to um, Jordan Gill because I, I that guy is just having a really bad year mm. and, you know, the horrible stoppage because of cuts this time around after like such a stop, start, stop, start. I, I have a lot of time for Jordan Gill and I just don't think I, I don't know what he did in a past life. I don't know what <laughs> some somebody is punishing him and, and it's a shame because it from you know I don't know don't know him personally, but I, I know he really does live the live the life and put the work in and yeah, it's can't catch a break at the moment. Bless him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Um right, let's uh, let's segue on to the, the main event. Katie Taylor versus uh she defended all yeah, four.
0: Huh? You got it mixed up because Ben was the main event. Katie
2: oh, well, I, I, thought, I thought Katie Ben was the oh, my bad. Yeah, I okay. thought you
1: were doing that on purpose.
2: <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, wow, Thank you for telling me. I, I, I thought Katie Taylor was headlining, my bad. Um, yeah, sorry, okay. The chief support, Katie Taylor. Um, she was against uh, defending all four of her belts against uh, Sharapova, a Kazakhstani um fighter. Uh, Katie Taylor's come away with a um UD, I believe it was, um UD victory on all the scorecards to attain all four of her belts. Um, I have a question to ask you guys though, because I think this is something that was in my mind as I watched this fight unfold. Is Katie Taylor on the decline?
0: Nah, nah, I'll just be this is this. I've said this before about Katie Taylor. I always say the best fighters, typically, what they do is they'll take, they'll deprive you of your your, your game. They'll, they'll fight their game. They'll deprive you of anything you're good at, strip you away from it, and beat you down. Katie Taylor doesn't do that. She'll fight your game, let you fight your game, and beat you. She's always mm. done that. It's always going to look like it's it's a hard night's work, or but her skills always shine through better than her opponents. She'll get caught. She'll catch you. I don't mm, think okay. she's kind of such. I just
2: think that's her style. It's always... I, I, I just for myself, since the, the Pursuit fight, she, mm. yes, we know she's always been, you know, she likes the terror and she's happy to get in the trenches even though she doesn't need to get in the trenches. Mm. But since the Pursuit fight, it's a case of every fight is almost turning into a war. <laughs> um, before, we've seen her outbox our opponent thoroughly Still on the outside and whatnot, use her hand, you know, superior hand speed and footwork to piece her opponents up. But since that plasmoon fight, it's literally scraps upon scraps. And even on Saturday, um, yes, that she won by UD and she deserves to win, but some of the judges' score scoring was a bit wide. I felt like it was closer than what the scorecard suggested. And this Sharapova chick really gave her some problems. Um, it was quite a scrappy fight, to be honest. It wasn't actually the very it wasn't a pleasing fight to watch. It was actually super, super scrappy. A lot of clinching, a lot of holding, a lot of mm. hitting whilst holding and whatnot. It wasn't the most engaging fight. But yeah, she got, she got, of got dragged into a wall where I felt like she didn't need to. And it's just something I'm noticing. I don't know if you could be right, Flo, is the case of maybe she just likes to fight the way her opponent fights. But I feel like she's now taking punishment, unnecessary punishment these days when she shouldn't be, if you ask me. Not-
1: I completely agree with you there. And I mean, every every single fight of hers is a unanimous decision. I, I always feel like that's guaranteed at the moment and, and has been since, what, 2018. So, I mean, for me, I saw stuff I really liked in the Jonas fight. Uh, I saw stuff I really liked in the um, the Delphine fight as well. But, yeah, these last couple, I'm not sure what it is. I, I agree with you. I think she does take more damage than she needs to. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if maybe it's this eyes on the bigger prize and it's that you know, everyone's always talking about that next fight and the Serrano fight. And I I just wonder if that is the problem here, that every time she's put in the ring with anyone else at the moment, when it's a defence or whatever, it's, you know, it's not the money fight. It's not the one that takes her name up to that next tier and such. And maybe, just maybe, that creates some complacency. That's a good point. Mm, That's a good yeah. point.
0: but we've we've seen Katie Taylor's career the whole way through she went probably what 2016 so we've mm-hmm. seen it and even early on I was always thinking the way they talk about it that like she's meant to be blowing these guys out of and but she's not really she's always winning by UDs it's always a bit scrappy I remember Jessica McCaskill gave her a bit of trouble as well so yep. she's, al- she's always going through these fights where it's like you're not like wow she's-, she's, so- she's so much better than these people she's winning them she's winning them Quite convincingly, but it's not in sensational fashion, kind of thing. So, where you're saying she's on the decline, is, she's always in those type of fights for me. I feel like, mm. but maybe she's getting hit more often than she should. Maybe the step up in competitions is a bit better now. Maybe women's boxing is developing and the fighters are better. I don't know, but I feel like this is the Katie Taylor we've always had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like. now- I think you're right about the competition heating up generally. And I think, you know, it, it feels like there's a lot of other very good and active fighters now. And maybe as a result, Katie Taylor's sort of the old guard when it comes to female boxing in the limelight. And yeah, I, I think it's only getting better. It, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Generally speaking, women's boxing is treated like, a, you know, a secondary sport by the public, mm, yeah. generally speaking. It doesn't get the respect it deserves. It doesn't get the spotlight it deserves. And it must be really fucking hard to do what these women do, to turn up and live the life and leave your families behind all this stuff and still have that. Now, to be honest with you, I think it went a little bit differently on Saturday because I saw a lot of people starting to leave after her fight. And so I felt like a lot of people went to watch her rather than, you know, they're just to watch Connor Ben. So I don't know, maybe it's changing. And then I guess as the sport develops and women's boxing does become more in the spotlight and the competition heats up, where does that leave, you know, Katie Taylor, somebody that we've had on a pedestal for so long, like, as you say, since she went pro and that. So honestly, I, I just hope she gets the Serrano fight and she gets to have that moment in it because I think she's earned the platform and I think she's earned that, you know, the biggest payday, the biggest international sort of spotlight and audience possible, and that, and and then after that, who knows? I guess that's that's a conversation for her and her team to have. But yeah, these last couple of fights, it's definitely not been the awe inspiring part of the biopic film that you're thinking about, right? I feel like this yeah. this chapter in her career we'd brush over quite quickly if that was uh, that was the movie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you David, since that. Almost feels like she can before it was, or it was like, yeah, she's un, you know, unsurmountable, blah, 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 Katie Taylor. And now it's definitely a case of she can be touched and she can be gotten at. If you just drag her into a war, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like to be, you know, put, you know, she doesn't like to have pressure applied onto her, etc. Um, Yeah, it's just something I'm, I'm noticing. I, I, I don't want to say I feel like she is on the decline, but um, I'm just questioning. Um, obviously her getting hit more and et cetera, it probably isn't good for her in the long run. Uh, it might be time, I mean, I know she's over 30 and whatnot, you know, if she can land the Serrano fight, she gets that and cashes out, maybe. You know, that could be the case for her. I mean, she's got nothing left to prove. She's done everything you can do. I'm As a, a, <laughs> I'm a Yeah, exactly. Both both accounts, amateur and Pro, she's done it all. So she ain't got nothing left to prove. Get that Serrano fight, hopefully, and cash out, man. Yeah. I think, I think that's
0: smart. you got to remember, she's she's had two different careers. She's been a fo- pro footballer. Yeah. <laughs> like She's done a full pro footballer career. So a lot yeah. of mileage on the clock in terms of what you're doing. Honestly. So
2: yeah.
0: What she's doing is, is it's crazy, to be honest. But mm. I think once the Serrano fight happens, she can call it a day. She's 35. Um, not much else to prove in the sport. And she's there for <sighs> wars all the time.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um... Let's move on to... Let's, let's, let's take it to America now because there was another major fight as well over on those shores. Um, Vasiliy Lomachenko um, versus Richard Comey. I call this fight, you know, the fight of the two vanquished TFMO foes. Um, we predicted flows last week that we felt that Lomachenko was going to bamboozle Richard Comey and kill him with angles. And the fight went exactly, to me, it went exactly like that, man. Um, why is this guy so good? <laughs> why, every time I watch Loma, I'm just looking at thinking, why is this guy so good? How? How? How can he move like that? How can he angle you so well? Why is, why is, why, why is his foot, foot speed and hand speed so sharp? It's ridiculous. Um, I think the first two rounds, it was the usual story. He, he took the first two rounds off to, to download data. And then from round three onwards, the matrix was in full effect. <laughs> he, hurt him in the second. he hurt him in the
0: second, though.
2: Yeah, he did he hurt him the in the second. Where he,
0: where yeah. he, he let him off at the end of the round. He's
2: yeah. not go back. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, Lomachenko is, is is he's irrepressible, man. He's he's in he's in fantastic form since that loss to Teofimo Lopez. He's come back. Boy, he's come back on smoke. <laughs> he's looking to get it back in blood for real. Um, yeah, um. He's dominated Comey basically, with the angles as predicted. And he's even dropped him in the... Uh, I, think Seven? the I think it was the seventh. I think it was a seventh. Yeah. Uh, and this was hilarious to me because he's batted him in that seventh. And well, he, the first time he's dropped him, he's beat the count. This guy is gesticulating and shouting at Komi's corner to stop the fight. He's shouting at, I think, Andre Rozier, who's, who's Chikome's uh, coach... <laughs> My man is shouting at him saying, Stop. He's like, Stop the fight. Stop the fight. They're not listening. So he just basically shrugs nonchalantly and he says, Cool, I'm going to go to work then. And then beats him up again for the rest of the round. I think at the end of the round as well, he's still saying that, you know, you should stop the fight, stop the fight. Um, yeah, so he yeah, hurt, that, He that, hurt that, him that, that,
0: again. He hurt him again. And then stopped. Yeah. I turned to the corner. Yep. Then,
2: yep. yep. Um, which, which which was a nice, which, which is interesting touch. I don't think I've ever seen a, a fighter shout at the opponent's corner to tell them to get that man out of there, which is hilarious to me.
1: Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora.
2: Oh, did he do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, did, he did, he did, he did, yeah. Um, thanks for reminding me, that. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> Fury beat, he beat my bad up so badly. Um, but, um, yeah. So, yeah. He, Loma has done his usual Loma thing. Um, credit to Comey. Had a lot, showed a lot of heart in there. You know, stuck it out. Even though he was getting pieced up, you know, um, his cornerman, he did say, his trainer did say at the end that you know he wanted him to, you know, to his respect for him and for his pride, it was best that he continued. He didn't want to take that away from him, and he was able to survive. But even in the twelfth round, for like, if you guys noticed, for the last ten seconds of the twelfth round, after him, after Loma beat him up in that twelfth round, Loma eased off. He probably could have, they could have pressed for something in that twelfth round, but he eased off, backed off. And let Komi have his moment. So, um, yeah, um, real nice of Lomachenko. He did say they want to you know, do further damage to my man, you know, by the time the 12th round came. Um, Danny, I don't think we as a pod or our listeners have sort of heard your views on Lomachenko before. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just give us an overview in terms of what, you know, your, your thoughts on Lomachenko and where he yeah. is and how good he is.
1: So, I mean, like, I, I have a huge soft spot for Ukrainian boxers, full stop. When, when I first started boxing again back in 2017, I, I took myself out to Kiev and did several camps out there. Um, and and they were some of the the hardest experiences in my life. Like, honest to God, that, there were moments there where I considered just quitting boxing, full stop there. And then because of the discipline and the focus and the structure that those trainers and those fighters take out there. And, and it blew my mind And in that time, I got very familiar with Lomachenko, like his amateur career and his pro career at the time. Same with Usyk as well, of course, and that. So I, this subject frustrates me because after the Tiafimo Lopez defeat, it was almost as if fans of the lightweight division turned around and said, okay, well, Loma's done. Oh, he he was a fraud. Oh, he's been exposed. It's, you know, that usual kind of derogatory there, which you, I can usually handle. If it wasn't for the fact that he didn't even get, you know, beaten, beaten, like he had a bad day at the office, mm. right? But it wasn't one of those uh, defeats where I thought, oh, I've, you know, I've been hoodwinked. I've, this isn't the fighter I've consoled. It was just a bad day in the office. And for me, this performance was just testament to the fact that Vasily Lomachenko is one of the greatest living boxers period. He should still be on everybody's pound for pound list. He's up there, still up there with Canelo and all that lot for me right now. And and how we can, again, people are almost acting surprised at this performance, as if this isn't what he's done pretty much every (laughs) fucking performance, with exception to the Teofimo Lopez loss. And yeah, and so honestly, uh, welcome back, into the group chat Loma. I don't think he ever fucking left. I just think he had to take a little step back and get his stuff in gear. Only took two rounds to download this time around. I think now we're gonna see the most focused version of Vasily ever. And that excites me. And I think this sort of win and seeing the theatrics, seeing him, you know, motion to the corner, seeing the referee grimacing while he was piecing him up, seeing <laughs> Loma, who's generally not the hardest hitter in the division, finding some power shots that I really wasn't expecting from him, like we might be about to see the most exciting chapter in Lomachenko's career. I, and I think he is right back in the mix, honestly, based on the performance I saw. I am only interested now in two lightweight fights. To be honest with you, which two? I want. Well, <laughs> thanks for asking, man. No, I mean, I want to see Camposus Jr. and Lomachenko fight within their careers, 100%, because okay. I think they've both earned the right to at this stage. I think, you know, the way, the way Camposus has gone and very persuasively got those belts off of Teofimo Lopez, uh, who, you know, I've spoken very highly of on this podcast prior to this, like nowadays I can't do that just because of the way he lost and I think the way he conducted himself around that loss and around that fight I just have no time for him like, I I think Lomachenko deserves to be back in the mix up at the top and I, and I think Lomachenko to me is more relevant than Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia combined at this stage mm. and that's, I mean, and obviously you know Loma doesn't have an email belt or anything like that so he's, he's not, you know He's not in the conversation in that respect. But yeah, man, it, when, when when somebody's that good and can come back and put on those kind of performances still, uh, it, just, it just gives me hope that we're actually going to see some really good competition within the division. Because quite frankly, at the moment, everybody's just circling each other and fucking tweeting each other. You know, it's, it's, it's boring. It's, it's like heavyweight boxing 2.0 but at least the heavyweights go in and actually fight each other eventually when they've all aged out. You know, at this stage, it's just, it's, it's been, there's been some ridiculous matchups. There's been some very cop-out sort of, you know, solutions. The Cambosis Jr. and Lopez fight nearly didn't happen for fuck's sake. Like, we yeah. forget that. At one point, we nearly lost that to Triller and their attempt to come into the mix. So, yeah, man, I welcome back Loma, because holy shit, the sport needs him know what you're saying, bro. You're saying even Cam. Remember,
0: after the Lopez beat Lobachenko, we both said if they run it back, Novichenko is gonna win. Yep. Both, this both, whole,
2: this whole. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This whole. Oh uh, yeah. You know. uh he's back in the mix, but but he never left the mix in so my eyes. Yep. In your eyes as well, for us, I know that because we right said after that fight, we said, look what happened in the second half of that fight. He was killing my man. <laughs> he was. This just yes, yeah. C- Fima deserved that W. Yeah. Hands down. It was a phenomenal performance from Tiafimo Lopez. It's career best performance, as we can see. Uh, Tiafimo is a brilliant boxer. But to say Lomachenko was finished after that one loss, mm. that, that sums up boxing fans and casuals and whatnot in general. Uh, not just even casuals, even serious boxing heads. They're, they're quick to right. write off a fighter off one loss, which right. I've preached consistently on this platform that I hate that. It's not the case. Even Tiafimo now, he lost badly. And the way he took it was bad, but I'm not writing him off. He'll be back. I know he'll be champion again. Oh, <laughs> he had the bad performance, Um, so yeah, Lomachenko has never let, never left those discussions
1: for me. But also, do you know why they have bad performances? Because they go up against the best. Because they put it on the line. They fucking risk it. So that's the that's the difference. Yeah, and the reason that nobody respects Devin Haney. Because let's face it, he could be one of the best fucking boxers on the planet. But we will never know until you put him in with somebody competitive. And at least Teofimo Lopez has taken the uh, the awkward fights. At least Lomachenko has taken the awkward fights. I'm sorry, but you cannot say that about Tank Davis. You definitely can't say that about Ryan Garcia. You can't say it about Devin Haney. Mm. So that's where that's where my that's where my respect is stacked. I'm looking at it, and again, we've yeah. just spoken about the welterweight division and how you know you've got all these really amazing fighters and then these up and comers and then the old guard. here. We don't have that problem in the lightweight division. It is stacked with talent. It is having this amazing era. And at least a few of the guys up the top of the table are fucking fighting each other. Yeah. But you know, again, man, with Loma being back in the mix, if I was Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis and Devin Haney, and I was seeing Loma coming back like that, and I say coming back as if he went anywhere. He didn't fucking go anywhere. He, had he got of surgery, time. that's it. Yes, he, he got surgery. Like, you know, he could, you know, he took He's a white
2: active than all of them. He's been yeah. the most active out of all of us all.
1: Exactly, he's still been active and he's still done his thing. So, yeah, if I was those young guys and I'm seeing Loma come back like that, I mean, Loma plays with his food. Loma tells you what he's going to do to you, it, and it's not sexy. It's not. He doesn't seduce you. He forces himself and his will upon you, and will you know narrate your demise as he's picking you apart. And if I'm one of those young bloods who are still coming up the ranks, and quite frankly, just haven't had the ring experience in that, I- I'm probably going to be pretty scared. Oh, they're ducking him. Oh, they're not yeah. fighting him. <laughs> none yeah. of these guys will call out lovely tankers
0: they Absolutely, none of them. None of them want to no, fight. Um, him. I think, think but...
1: Cambosa Cam- seems to have been the first one to do it.
0: And, and yeah, these are different and, uh, compared to the, the David. The Devin Haney did want to fight over Chico, I believe, but now there's nothing to gain from it. Yeah,
2: that was Bob Aaron that stopped that from happening. I think, yeah, he, he, yeah. Oh, that's not, not like
0: Bob, Bob
1: Aaron.
0: Bob <laughs> fight. What? No, come on. I think Devin Haney did want to but I don't yeah. think he will now. And Tank absolutely wouldn't. Ryan Garcia, absolutely not.
2: I think, for, for, yeah, yeah, first, I, I the only one, I think? I, th- I think, for me, that division, we discussed it so much at length, and it's a very frustrating division because these are going to fight each other. And this up and down and whatnot. But for me, the top two in that division for me, honestly, are Lomachenko. And I'm going to have to say it. <laughs> it's, a tank, right? tank, it's Tank, right? It's Tank. I can't ignore Tank. I can't ignore him. He hits too <laughs> I, I really rate Tank. And is annoying though, because he, I know he won't fight any of these men. Um, but I see talent when I see it. And Tank mm. is bloody talented. And he hits, like a, he hits like a train. But The annoying thing is I can't technically include Tank because he will never fight any of these guys. He will never fight them. Never. Which is so frustrating. But Lomachenko for me is that easy. Yes, Cam has got all the belts and... Devin yeah. Haney's got well, Hayes got four of them. Devin Hayes has got the other one, but Lomachenko to me is still the man in that division.
1: Well, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then I, I see Ryan Garcia trying to put his name back in the equation last week, last, you know, after the Cambosis win, saying, yeah. oh, oh, you know, my first fight back of the it's hey shocking. man. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You uh you, you go back in in the corner because you you've been out <laughs> for so long now, and now with Lomachenko back in the fray, I'm like, I, I want to see Lomachenko. Tank Davis in that in that mix up there. Tiafimo Lopez, I think that he's going to do great things. Devin Haney, I'm sure he's going to grow into it. But yeah. at this stage, like Loma is back in the mix, and I think yeah. that makes it makes 2022 very interesting.
2: Unfortunately, I don't see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because of the way these guys move, it's this all Twitter thing, isn't it? So, I, I I I do think we will see Haney Cambosis. I think that makes it quite easy to make. Cambosis um, yeah, is quite adamant that he wants to you know, maybe make that fight in Australia. So we should definitely see that. So that's a part of the puzzle. And then the winner of that should hopefully then get to fight Lomachenko, I believe. Um, and if Ryan Garcia could somehow insert himself, somehow, if he can, cool. Tank, as I've said, we know he isn't going to get in the ring with these guys, and TF Fimo's moving up. So that's he, he's he, I'm not even counting him as, a, as a one fight, but He's officially said he's going to move up regardless. So is he, that he's that
1: official. Okay, well, yeah, I yeah, yeah. mean, that we, it's come honest, from
2: his camp, I believe, that he's he's moving up. He's not, and gonna, that's
1: the right thing to do. That is, the yeah, right thing no, to I, do. It, yeah. it's kind of sad because it takes him out of the fray of some fights that I really did want to see. But, but to be I
2: fair, think... those guys will move up anyways. Haney's quite big for the division, he will move up eventually. Um, Tank has, he's up and down, but yeah, um, Ryan Garcia is also big for the weight, so he will move up. A bit. The only one that won't move up is Lomachenko. He shouldn't he's, move he's, up. He's
0: too small anyway.
2: He's too small, exactly. He's too, you exactly. saw, saw the size difference between him and Komi. Komi is much bigger than him. He so has. Lomachenko will stay put at 135.
0: He's, he's, he should be at 126. He shouldn't
2: even be there. <laughs> but that's, that's,
0: t- that's testament that
2: he's a big Yeah. He yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And it was, the question was put to him, you know, He's, he's basically, he's laser focused, total vision on getting all four of these 135 belts. And I think they've asked the question, Bob Aaron is, you know, he's trying to position Shakur Stevenson to fight Lomachenko. So he, he, he wants Lomachenko to drop down to 130. Oh, and Lomachenko... Look, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Shakur will have to move up because we'll lomachenko really said up. that he's not interested in going down for one belt when he's got four belts to chase here. So, and we know Shakur, he, he, he he's going to move up regardless. Be, so at he'll, some you'll be
0: onto all of them. You'll be exactly. on to Ryan Garcia, Devin Hades. So Shakur is boxing. coming.
2: So let's 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 be with I don't know if, Danny, I don't know if you're a fan of Shakur or you're familiar with him, but I'm assuming you are your boxing guy, so you know about Shakur, yeah, for yeah. sure. I um,
1: to be honest with you, I, I wasn't until the Jamal okay. Herring fight. And okay. now I now I and now I am. And yeah. to be honest, is <laughs> I I have a lot of time for Jamal Herring and then I just looked at the way that that fight went and it, it's hard. It's so, sometimes you've got to let your, put your emotions to one side, put somebody's persona to one side and just focus on the performance. And yeah, he, he won me over that night and it was it was a fucking sad thing to watch actually because uh, that was twice, you know, it, I, I had to watch uh, Jamal Herring retire Cole Frampton and of course, you know, it's, it's somebody that I've trained yeah. with and that, that was very sad to watch in that and then I had to watch Shaqircee Stevenson do him. To him, yeah. yeah. So you know, but that that's the that's kind of the beauty of the sport, isn't it? Absolutely. you, uh, you do pass the torch, and yeah, a bit a bit like Pacquiao and Ugas as well. You know, that for me as well is uh yeah. yeah.
2: Um Shakur's coming, so he he'll be added to the mix at some point next year, probably. probably. So the division will always be hot, but um yeah, just happy for Loma. I think this is his second fight back now, isn't it? And both fights he's looked ridiculously good. So I would have
0: <laughs> Would you make him him gesture into the corner and say, "Get him out of there"? After one knockdown, by the way,
2: <laughs> I like <laughs> it. <laughs> I like it. Do you know why? It adds dramatics. And it adds flair. And we know he he is he does have a flair for the dramatics, yeah. Loma. We've seen it many times. He, he loves that kind of stuff. But also, I think he actually does truly care about the fight itself. And he you say it was after one knockdown, but he was piece my pool between that. So. <laughs> He knew it was a matter of time, and he knew that you know this this guy's shipping some big shots, and yeah, he's his resistance is completely gone. So just save your guy. Let's. I don't want to destroy him like that, but because if yeah,
0: if a corner jumped in at that point in time, that's a bogus. End, that's a bogus. <laughs> end. You'll be like, what are you did, because to be fair to Comey, he was still alive. He was his legs were gone. He was wobbly. His legs were gone, but he showed heart, and he was still throwing. He was still fighting. Yeah, obviously Lomachenko let him off the hook big time. <laughs> Big
1: well I mean I think that's something that the Ukrainians generally show they do show mm. a lot of sportsmanship in that respect and I mean there's the famous stories about when Dave Allen was out sparring Usyk and you know mm. and he essentially knocked him out accidentally and then held him up and did it and stopped you know and, yeah. and, and I, I noticed that a fair bit sparring in Ukraine as well Like they, when you're there to spar you're there to learn you're there mm. to really like put in the work in that so you find less and less people are there trying to be the gym hero and such and I think that seeps into that where it's like if you know you're comfortably winning and you're dominating then a you can have a bit of fun with it but b you, you don't need to send him home in a body bag and, yeah. and I, I rate that I very highly rate that in a sport that can be so dangerous. So you, none of us
0: none of us think it's a sign of weakness or no nah. <laughs> from Lomachenko. Okay
2: good good he knew he was winning he knew that fight was in the bag definitely not a sign of weakness showing yeah. showing showing some form of Sponsorship and restraint can't be safe, it's not yes. Um yeah, he just he, it's dramatic as well. I'm sure the crowd would have loved it. I when I saw it, I was creasing, I loved it. I was like, geez, man was because he was shouting at him, you know. Yeah. He looked
1: vexed. He, he stopped fighting, turned to the corner, and said <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's hilarious, always, man. Almost as good as that eighth round of Canelo of Billy Joe Saunders, you know, <laughs> the moment where he motions the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah, fist goes, pumping, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's over, but
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's jokes. That's we jokes.
0: Drinks. Yeah, I'm sure that video is doing the rounds on social media, of course, going viral a bit, but yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. I, I, I like to see it. Some people calling it a sign of weakness, and um, and I wonder if he'll do that to someone like Tank if he hasn't hurt. I, I, <laughs> I right, think oh,
2: basically, does. I think if if he's because don't forget beforehand, the build, I don't know if he caught the build up, but yeah. him and Columbia are actually mates, and he, yeah. there's a lot of respect between the two. But if it was someone like Tia Fimo, for example, he ain't doing that. He's looking to destroy my man, really. So it, I guess it depends on the camar- you know, camaraderie between the two, the two fighters as well. I think he, yeah, him and him and Clement get on. So yeah, I guess it was that. Cool. Um, let's um, let's preview the fights coming up next week because there's quite a few. Um, I think there's only one place to start. To be honest, um, Daniel, I can see that's a very interesting hat you've got on.
1: War hat so I'm I'm
2: already know what type of time you're coming with. So um yeah, we'll start with Parker Chizora too. Um, the rematch after the first fight between the two of them was contentious, I guess, controversial and whatnot. It was a close fight. Parker got it was SD, wasn't it? Parker got the SD, but yeah, it was close enough for Chizora to at least warrant the rematch. were immediate rematch um, calls. So, Danny, I want to ask you first and foremost, did you think that Chisora won that first fight? Or was it a draw? Or do you think Parker got the the, the, the justly deserved
1: win? I would have lent towards a draw, personally. I, To be honest, I can't... I don't think it's a robbery, but I didn't see what the judges saw, for sure. And I look at this from two ways. One, I would like to see it... Uh, run back because I think both fighters are going to try and prove something in this one. And I, sometimes I feel like the rematches are just in like, you know, Fury Wilder 2 was one of the most ridiculous rematches I've ever watched in my life, just because it was like the whole script was flipped. Um, but also, to be honest, like, at this stage, who the fuck else are they going to fight? Really? <laughs> who, who can Parker fight right now? Like, it feels like the whole division is caught up in litigation and rematches and all of this stuff so for Parker it's like you either go and fight a nobody in Australia or you know try and get fed to one of these prospects coming out of China or something or you go to a high ticket selling rematch against somebody that you know that has been very interesting chemistry so I'm all for it I I see a lot of people saying oh it doesn't need to happen oh this and that and look Derek is still managing to pluck Really good things out of the bag once in a while. He's he's not the fighter he once was, of course not. We we could probably have debates about how important he's been to the British heavyweight circuit, full stop. But the fact that he still shows up and shows as much heart as he does, and still, you know, my man went southpaw and jabbed Usyk and gave him a harder night than Anthony Joshua did and this is a this is this is Derek Chisora (laughs) you know what I'm saying somehow his character his his commitment his his crazy sort of you know I feel like he can flick you know at a switch in terms of his temperament and that I think characters like that are good for British boxing and for the heavyweight division I really do I would take Derek Chisora over Tyson Fury's mumbo jumbo bullshit publicity (laughs) runs every day of the week to be honest now of course the difference being Tyson Fury's a heavyweight, the box is like a middleweight and is the WBC champion. So I'm not trying to compare them at all when it comes to, you know, their actual skill and ability in that. But, yeah, man, I, I rate Derek. I've, I've always rated Derek. I thought, you know, he gave, he's given us some great nights. And if he can keep having fights like this and leave with his facilities still intact in the next couple of years or a few years, then good on him. because. He's, he's still finding ways to entertain us and, and I'll rate that. And, and that's why I live in a wore hat because I, uh, I I really do think he's a, he's a special breed of British boxer.
2: Cool. Um so actually before I get to predictions, uh, I just want to say that I think Chisora's performance, I actually I, I do think Parker was justly awarded the SD victory, but I do agree it was super, super close. Obviously, I know how it is with boxing fans. Anything that's close against them band is it is automatically deemed a robbery. It wasn't a robbery, um, it was just a mad close fight. But yeah, um, justly just sees getting his rematch. Um I think, but I think that's more of a damning indictment on Joseph Parker, to be honest. And after that first fight with Chizora, I stopped taking Joseph Parker seriously as a credible heavyweight. <laughs> As a credible heavyweight in the division, to be honest, I can't lie, because I said it when that fight was made that first time, if Joseph Parker severely struggles against, against Derek Chisora, that's him done. I'm sorry. Not done as infinite career done, but in terms of when we name the top heavyweights in the division, I can't count his name among them anymore. And what did we see? We went and saw him strict struggle severely against Derek Chisora. Um Put down okay. Parker, my you it's, it's I've said it before. This guy is just too nice. Doesn't have that dog. We saw what we did in White Fight, we've seen it against other opponents. He's just he, he's a super, super nice guy. I actually proper like him as a as a person. You see from his interviews and that always comes across super well. But he's just he's just too nice. And Chizora is not a nice person, as we know. And he's willing to put that pressure on you. And Parker, Parker did not like it in the first fight at all. This is Joseph Parker we're talking about. Someone that has superior boxing skills compared to Chisora. Um, superior hand speed, superior foot speed, etc. But he just didn't like the fact that Chisora was able to, you know, pull it on him so much. And perfect example of how to box someone that's not, that that's a much better boxer than you. Perfect example. You know, Chisora showed it perfectly. Um, Dylan White showed it perfectly against Joseph Parker as well. So, um, yeah, this rematch here, I'm not like super excited for it. Obviously, I'm going to tune in because I'm a boxing fan. It's a big fight. I'm going to tune in. But I'm looking at Joseph Park as someone that used to be considered among the among the elite. Not so much anymore. And if he loses on Saturday next week, it's, it's really, bad, really, really bad for him. It's super damaging, him, damaging for him. And for Chizora, he isn't necessarily expected to win. So even if he loses again, but it's close, he's still going to come out looking great Chizora at the moment, we call it like a little Indian summer for him, a little career resurgence that, you know, he's doing really well in his later career, pulling out good results and good performances. But yeah, he's had some losses against Usyk, for example, and Parker, that's actually raised his profile and mm. actually made him look even better because he performed so well against these guys, against guys which we expect them to lose badly against. So if, if it's more of a same from Chisora, I expect him to box the exact same way. Um, He's gonna come out looking good again, even if he loses. And um, I think a lot of questions have been made in terms of what next for Chizora, in terms of when is he gonna hang it up. Um, there's still life in the old dog, as we can see. So he's not at liberty to, to end anything right now. To be honest, he can still get a couple of big fights here and there um, mm-hmm. before he decides to hang him up for good. Um, so that's if we see a focused chisora again, like we did in, a, in the last fight. Which I'm, well, I'm assuming the difference.
1: The difference is, as well, he's now had a full camp with Dave Caldwell. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I th- and I think there's merit, possibly, in that and the fact that maybe they've been able to work on the one thing that seems to let him down the most consistently. But it's also the hardest thing for an el- older fighter to work on, and that's your tank. Engine, yeah, the, I was going to say the stamina yeah. And the engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, a well-prepared Chisora with enough you know, just firing his gut from that last one might just be able to do something that makes it, you know, a definitive performance. And and I know that maybe that's me being a complete fanboy here. And again, it's so hard for me to talk objectively because I completely agree with you when it comes to Joseph Parker. I want to have a beer with him, but I have no interest in him being the heavyweight champion of the world because it just there's nothing in his performances for me that sort of warrants that. Um, You know, I think the... The way his fight with Andy Ruiz went is kind of perfect testament to that because I remember watching that fight and thinking, well, that wasn't conclusive, really yeah. for me. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I I'm backing the Brit, but I also think maybe if there was ever going to be a time for Derek to pull it out of the bag, this would be this would be it. And fuck, man, I th- I think. Just, just for him to have that one his real to finally have that win. He feels like he's been hard done by the last few fights. It seems, and I, I can kind of see where he's coming from. But yeah,
2: yeah, what were your thoughts towards this one?
0: Um, I'm intrigued for a few reasons because yeah. I haven't seen Derek Chisora. He's been he's been looked away. He seems like he's been working, and obviously he's with Dave Caldwell now. Mm-hmm. I guess what I've been seeing dripped up. <laughs> <laughs> wearing Versace jumpers, paraded around with Tyson Fury. It's <laughs> a parker. At every fight. Not he's again. He's <laughs> in the camps. He's chilling. He's in the, yep. the change room. and medicine balls in Tommy Fury's fucking head. I'm thinking, I'm seeing this guy chilling at events. He has no business at Just cheerleading with Tyson Fury. Groupie. we haven't seen. It's true. He's been he's been in the lab, and I like you go know me. I like to see that when you disappear for a bit, I like to see that it shows me your focus. I've seen so it's it's intriguing because I don't know if Joseph Parker's not focused. I don't want to say that. Um he's a professional, of course, but we might see a super focused Derek Shazora with a bit more fuel in the tank this time because that's what let him down last time. I agree with um you cam. I think I, I gave it to Parker in the end. I think. I gave... And I would have accepted the draw. I would have been very happy with it. Yeah. It was that close. I I was fuming about one of the scorecards. You had it wide for some reason. Mm. Um, It's a good fight. Uh, It's a good fight. It depends on what Tesoro we see more so than what Parker we see. I think we're going to see the same Parker. He's going to try and box. He's going to try and move. Um, He's not going to be a killer in there. I, I highly doubt that. But if Tesoro comes in with the same mentality and a bit more fuel in the tank or a bit more gas in the tank could be a long night for Parker an ugly night for Parker yeah but um, yeah it, it should be a good fight it always is with Chisora anyway
2: absolutely I mean for Parker to win this comfortably he just has to be more assertive mm. but this is the issue with required Parker he's never been like that guy um, as we've seen before but well, he shows it in, in like little spots but then allows these opponents to sort of get, get in there and start to bully him a little bit so um yeah, it is, it is. I do think it's going to be an exciting fight. Chizura can't not be an exciting fight at, at the moment. So um, I'm expecting that this one to follow suit for sure. But it's not something that, you know, gets me super hyped, I suppose. Probably because I know that both of these guys aren't really going to be making waves in the division anymore anyways. Parker certainly won't be, I don't think. And Chizura, I guess, is sort of... Um not on his, lord, kind of on his last legs, but in the sense that, he, you know, he's only got probably a couple more fights left in him before he decides to hang it out for good. Um, but yeah, uh, it is a really good point that you say, Floyd. in the sense that we've seen Parker Gallivan in and about around Vegas and whatnot and Chizora, I've hardly, I haven't seen a peep from, I haven't heard a peep from. So, um, yeah, that could play into it. And recently, as we've been seeing, these kind of things can sort of play into, play into things as we, as we saw with, um, Sean Porter and, um, Terence Crawford, for example. So, yeah. i want to get your predictions, though. So, Danny, you feel like Chisora is going to roll back the years and give us one more defining moment. You're going for Chisora W, yeah?
1: I'm going to go for Chisora W.
2: Flows, what are you saying?
1: I'm going to say
0: Parker, just based on the skill level. <laughs> I'm, I'm, also going for, I'm also going for Parker as well. well I, th- I, I think... know,
1: but honestly, you're, you're, being, you're, you're being realistic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm I, looking I, at skill level. I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've, I've highlighted how Cesaro could win because it's definitely possible. 100% yeah, oh, definitely. yeah, 100%. Given, given what I've outlined as well in terms of, I've seen Parker in the UK, I've seen him in the US, I've seen him in Vegas, Cesaro is in the lab. So that could definitely play a factor. But going off what I know about the two fighters and what I've seen, Parker should win.
2: should win. And um, I think it's going to be close again. It's going to be another close fight, probably similar to how the first fight went. Um and yeah, I think Parker wins a close decision again, but it won't be something that looks convincing or pretty or anything. She's um, always going to give him hell again. And he's perfectly capable of taking the W for this one. Even Um, if he just out Joseph Parker, which is, yeah, he's definitely capable of doing, Um, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Parker in this one again. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking forward to it massively before, but I guess now I'm after talking about it, I kind of am now. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm now, like, been, I'm looking forward to it now. I'm like,
1: hey, I'll, 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 after, we,
2: after we just talked about it, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? It's actually quite
0: a quite a decent fight still. <laughs> I, I remember last yeah. time I, I didn't even care about it because, yeah, um, Katie Taylor, Natasha Jonas was on the other cards, yeah, and that was a brilliant fight. And I was like,
1: I feel like turning this off, you know. Yeah, we said
2: we, we yeah. said that this, 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 this is going to steal the show, and it, it basically yeah, <laughs> but then we stressed. were I think we, that was
1: the last time I was on the show. I feel like we're, I'm, I'm having deja vu now. Yeah. We're yeah. This time. yeah,
2: yeah. But I remember the week afterwards, we then said, Flows, that, oh, the main event actually was a lot better than we thought it would be because yeah. it actually was an exciting fight to watch. So we actually gave it credit in the end. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it probably will be. It definitely will be exciting, in fact. It probably will be exciting for sure. Yeah. Um, cool. 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 Um, let's move on to America because there's a couple fights going on over there as well. Um, on Friday the seventeenth, quickly want to touch upon the fact that um, Batterby is in action. Obviously, we talked about him a couple of times recently, given the whole light, you know, what's going on in the light heavyweight camp. But um, yeah, he's um, defending his titles against Marcus Brown. I think if you remember him flows, but he's oh. the fighter out in New York that um, he beat Badu Jack oh, okay. for the regular belt, and then lost to a uh, resurgent Jean Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> It, it. You know what I mean by i say that Rich, You know what I mean by I'm doing that for us. But um yeah, so Brown's a good fighter. Um, but um I'm expecting the usual Potobi of KO. <laughs> the standard knockout all your I think he's he's knocked out all his opponents, in it. So yeah, um, I won't be surprised if yeah, Brown might give him some problems because I do rate Brown, but Petobiov is just a monster that just can't be stopped right now. So um, so yeah. Look Out for that view, uh, listeners. If you uh, if you catch that on the Friday, and we have to talk about it, I'm afraid. On Saturday, um, the biggest draw in boxing is back at it again. <laughs> oh, top, the top five. <laughs> Oh, let's say the top three draws in boxing, Mr. Jake Paul. Um, it, it's, it's next week, bro. You forgot, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> yeah, it's next week. Um, it was meant to be Tommy Fury um as we saw Tommy Fury had to pull out due to an injury um which seems legit he, he posted proof on that but the fact that he posted proof makes me sort of want to call him even more because <laughs> why are you why are you posted proof that you pulled out of a check uh, injured for a Jake Paul fight is that are you not embarrassed but anyways um yeah so Ty, Tyron Woodley is um is um is, is replacing him so they're having their second fight um yeah, it's not really something I don't really care for, to be honest. I'm not really... But I care about who wins, though. I don't care for the fight itself, yeah. but I care about Jake Paul winning. And for the pro, for the purpose of agendas, I need Jake Paul to win. Just so we can then talk to our MMA friends and bring him back on the pod next week, maybe, so we can discuss what happened. But, um, yeah. Uh, Danny, I don't know if your views will, you know, obviously between... I don't know if you tune into the Jake Paul Woodley first fight have you seen any of Jake Paul's fights? What are your thoughts on Jake Paul and what he's doing at the moment for boxing? <laughs>
1: um, I, I think Jake Paul's done a lot of good things for himself. I, I think, and I think he's he's training hard. I think he's he, he's become a presence in the sport. And as as much as I detest his presence in the sport, I can't help but give respect to somebody who's actually you know working as an athlete, performing as an athlete. I yeah, you, you can't discredit that. But he he he's entered the sport on the merits of privilege, but upon getting here, at least he's working hard. So I'll give them that credit. Um my my problem is simple. I said I said I wouldn't give a fuck about Jake Paul as a boxer until he started fighting boxers. And so the Tommy Fury fight for me was at least a glimpse of him being put in with somebody with a boxing pedigree. And and it still keeps me up at night that this guy has professional boxing record based on the people that he has fought already and it and it's just testament to how low the fucking barrier of entry is for this sport nowadays and it sends all the wrong messages about how people should be sort of applying themselves in combat sports full stop I think in terms of you know rushing and you know I mean here's the problem right what Jake Paul is doing is no different to how people, pad out their record- records at the beginning of their careers, especially 100%. in America. It's, it's no different. So this 100%. is why I think, I think in the, the beginning, when he was first on the scene, I would catch myself getting quite emotional about that whole thing. And then, and then I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, I'm not mad at Jake Paul. I'm mad at the fact that he's essentially holding a mirror to how fucked boxing is, really. Mm. And actually he's just playing the game a lot smarter. And he's just doing, and like I said, he's worked out how to leverage his privilege and how to leverage his media capacity and all of that. And as you say, it it pains me that I have to agree with you, but he is becoming a big pull in boxing and that's fundamentally wrong, but it's, it's how it is. So at this stage, all I can hope is that he and Tyrone Woodley make a shit ton of money again. And they entertain people, and maybe after this is done, they have a third fight, and and then maybe maybe he will box a boxer, and when he boxes a boxer, I will pay attention, and and we all know what's happening behind the scenes. We all know that he, you know, his sparring partners are being told off for going too hard on him. We all know that he's (laughs) bringing people in to film specific fucking routines and stuff. Like we all know this, and of course he is because he's a fucking Disney star, not a boxer. But as I say, he's trying. And, you know, I've said he's not a boxer. But, well, he's turning up and training. He's got his boxing license and he's fighting in the ring. So I guess he is a boxer. But yep. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, what,
2: what,
0: I mean, first, we will te- that bad still. His technique is actually right. Because I think Jake Paul is a boxer. I think that's mm. where these um, MMA fighters and celebrities are getting it twisted. They're looking at him as a Disney-style YouTuber. But like you say, he's putting in the hours of the gym. He's, 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 he's a boxer. And he could go in and fight the same fighters that Tommy Fury for who are all professional boxers, and take his record to fifteen and or whatever it is, because these are fighters with all losing records, hundred losses, hundred losses, lo- and these are all professional boxers. So, like you say, like you mentioned, it's, he can step Paddy's record as well. He's just doing it with bigger names.
1: Well, exactly. Imagine that. You look at how much he's been paid already to fight Mm -hmm. the people that he's fought and you compare that to and you know tommy fury is a really good example of that and again you can say oh i'm a fighting man i'm a real boxer and then what jake Paul does very cleverly is he gets under the skin and like actually shows well actually you fought people with these you know collective losses you've done this and you've done that and he's showing everybody how the early ugly days of a boxer's career are and the mm-hmm. difference is he's making millions in the process while the others aren't. And I can't hate him for that, but it still doesn't sit right with me. And it doesn't sit right with me that we're handing out boxing records to people who aren't fighting boxers. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's my gripe. And that will I, that's the hill I will die on. Yes. And, and so until he starts actually competing against proper boxers, that's when I'll start taking it seriously. And until then, I think it's good business. I think it's good entertainment, and one more could be said. You, you, it pains me that we have to do it now. His now his brother now his brother can go fuck himself. Yeah, there was nothing (laughs) there was nothing persuasive about that fucking theater he put on with Floyd Mayweather. That was one of the worst fucking things I've ever watched in my life. Worse almost than Evander Holyfield coming back. It was it was you know that was painful, but that was worse. And Floyd, that if anything, I'm still annoyed, Floyd.
2: Floyd I like that, but Floyd, he loves money, so yeah.
1: The IRS are a hell of a beast, you know? They, <laughs> what can we say? You know, he, he clearly could do with it, the money, and that sucks because I thought the whole thing was he had loads of money, but he clearly I, needs I don't even... Money.
2: You know what? It's, it's weird with Floyd. He might—he probably doesn't even need the money. He's just obsessed with making money, and he feels like he has to rob the bank every time. I, awesome. I don't know. But he, he, Floyd is an attention whore. He loves the spotlight. He will never give it up, so... When that opportunity was presented to him, it was a yes, please. Every single time. He loves it too much, man. Um, yeah. That's why only grew up with Floyd. Said it before. I think we
1: should put Logan Paul in with Derek Chisora. Ha. <laughs> why the fuck not, right?
0: If the money's right, you'll do it. Yeah, of course. Wait.
1: I think I think Derek could do it for fucking Bus Fare, and I think yeah. he enjoyed doing it. And, and I think, <laughs> and also, I mean, like now you know, there's this talk about putting them in with Mike Tyson. I don't know if that got shot down. I know the commissions are starting to get a bit funny about older fighters coming back yeah. into the ring. And I think the event, the Holyfield thing, was a very good example of why it shouldn't be happening. But with Logan Paul, it's different. He's just. He, his yeah. brother is at least training hard and taking it seriously. Logan, from what I can tell, can't decide. You know, I th- he's looking at what his brother's doing and thinking, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll take a bit of that." And yeah, I got no respect for that. Oh man, yeah,
2: awesome. um, okay. horrible, horrible stuff, man. Horrible stuff. Um, to end on a better note, actually, just before we wrap up, because I don't think we mentioned it last week. After all, I think the news came after we really dropped last week, Flores. Mm. But I want to talk about. The WBC finally making or finally ordering Tyson Fury to defend his WBC uh, belt against Dylan White. Um, It seems like finally we might, we're seeing some movement for Dylan White. And I'm so happy that that fight has been ordered by the WBC because obviously we know it's well documented, um, the troubles Dylan White has had with this organization. But it seems like now, I think it's it's a f- fully official and... Yeah, it's been ordered. It's got, yeah, it's been ordered and they'll go to perspits if they can't agree on a split and whatnot. But I believe that fight is meant to take place, what, February? Correct me if I'm wrong, Flo. So is it February or March? Um, Early on next year, anyway.
0: Yeah. So. They yeah 30 days to agree. And so
2: whenever we're happen. almost there, man. We're almost there.
0: It's a funny well, one. It's a funny one. <laughs> a funny one. What, what do you want to say, that?
1: Sorry, I was just going to say we're almost there. This is Tyson Fury we're talking about. True. I, until until he turns up on the day with his fucking gloves on, yeah. I don't trust a word that comes out of that man's mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I, 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 sh- I resonate the positivity that it is in principle happening. And of course, Dillian White deserves the shot more than anyone else in the division, I think. But I don't know, man. I've, I've been hurt before. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm- no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. What were you Flaws? I wanted to say, like, look,
0: we, we've been waiting for Undisputed for so long, and it seemed that like we were getting <laughs> teased with Undisputed with AJ potentially considering step aside money and talks of um, Tyson Fury and Usyk for Undisputed. So we were almost getting a whiff of that, and then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, oh no, you have to fight Tyson Fury, you have to fight Dylan White now, which I'm also happy for because he deserves it. But then it just puts his undisputed further down the line for us. So there's always something. So, but at least we know AJ, you see. That means
2: AJ, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. um, White, Tyson, Fury, and then make it happen. Both of you get your fights done around the similar times. Boom, winner takes all after that. Perf, yeah, it, 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 the roadmap's there now. The roadmap is there. No excuses anymore. Let's just make. But the happen.
1: roadmap was there. The roadmap's been there before, though. Remember? Yep. Remember AJ Fury? Remember that one? Yep, oh, yep, yep. Remember when that was made, and everybody and Tyson Fury had spoken to Saudi Arabia, yep. and it was all. And then it wasn't. You know, like, and this is the problem. It there is still so much that could change. So much that I don't trust the WBC. I don't trust Fury and his cam. I don't, I just don't trust them. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know these people. I, I believe <laughs> you folks were there when I had a chat with uh, the WBC on Clubhouse during the pandemic <laughs> and that, and I, I just, you know, I said to them, like, I just don't trust you as an organization anymore. <laughs> I know you're very funny because I've, I've just seen these situations be completely spun and spun to home advantage. And, you know, I just have to wonder, If Dillian White's ever going to be treated fairly within that organization, that he has committed a huge chunk of his fucking career to. Mm -hmm. A huge chunk. And it's like the disrespect and and again, just not being able to trust Fury or anything that comes out of his mouth. His, you know, he changes with the sun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's suddenly elevated or you know what? Fuck the WBC route altogether. I I just I don't know that we can. The sigh of relief collectively yet that Dillian's going to get the shot he deserves. I'm um, laughing because
2: what, what happens if Dillian wins, I, but there's a rematch course, so then he's got to fight him again, and then in the meantime, AJ beats Usyk, but then then fights a mandatory, some random mandatory, and then loses to so that. You know, this heavyweight division could anything could happen. Anything can happen. Anything uh, can happen. Mm. Um, Yeah, I, I, I sort of the whole undisputed talk. I parked that earlier on this year Flores. after especially after that AJ loss I thought, you know what I can't think of an undisputed thing right now it's not happening right now in my mind it was a nice idea it was a nice <laughs> idea I've parked it I've parked that idea for now and I will revisit it when things become clearer but right now it's not clear so yeah. I'm just I'm just going to forget all of that right now
0: I'm jumping on that point. I don't care about Undisputed. Yeah.
2: I don't, the best <laughs> I don't care about it. Remember, I said, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I as long as I just want all these men to get in. Yeah. I said it before on this pod. I don't care about Undisputed right now. I just yeah. want all these guys to get in the mix. I'm I'm all all of these guys yeah. to all fight at some point. Cool. And if Undisputed is there, that's a bonus. But just this generation of heavyweights, let's not waste them. Let's see Fury, White, Wilder, AJ, Usyk, all of them. Reese, all of these guys, Hergovic coming up. Let's all see them fight at some point. All of them together in a mix. That's it.
1: At the end That's of the day, we're getting we're getting Amir Khan and Kelbrook before we're getting AJ and Fury. <laughs> so something's gone horribly fucking wrong. Hmm. It's that simple.
2: Damn. Boy, if that happens to AJ and Fury as well, they fight when they're both for football <laughs> finished. That is peak. That is peak. Oh um, uh,
0: I'll go there for your tomatoes, I swear. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, cool. Let's uh, wrap it up there. As usual, Danny, whenever you're on, it's always a blessed episode, man. Thanks for joining us. It's been a great episode. Um, Yeah. Anything further you want to add for us?
0: Nah, I think think we covered a lot there.
2: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, Danny, just give us, uh, once again, just give, they should know where to find you, but in case they don't, you want to just drop your socials where listeners can find you.
1: At Danny Roy Carter on Instagram and TikTok and all the good places.
2: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we'll make sure we drop you your socials in the post as well. Um, all right, cool. This has been episode sixty-eight of the Strategies in Podcast. I've been your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And thank you for keeping it locked, guys. Peace.